This is the Mickey Miles and More podcast. Your one stop for information on Disney races, Disney vacations, Disney theme parks, and more. Now, here are your hosts for the Mickey Miles and More podcast. Michelle Scribner-McLean, Chris Eliopoulos, and Mike Scopa. Welcome home, Milers, and welcome back to another episode of Mickey Miles and More, a podcast where three friends talk about the Disney parks, the Disney races, and whatever else may come up. I'm Chris Eliopoulos, and with me as always, the doctor, Dr. Michelle Scribner-McLean. Hi, Michelle. Christopher. Chris, I, I have a question for you. Do you think we're the only podcast who does a podcast before we actually record the podcast? I know. The people should probably just, we should just, I just should hit record as soon as we get on because we just kind of go through everything. So, um, uh, you know what it is? I think that's what it is. We just keep talking and then finally I go, all right, let's just record. And then we just go from there. So nothing has really changed. So, um, well, anyway, it's enjoyable. Yep. Hello to you. Hello to you, sir. Hope you don't blow away tomorrow. No, nah, hopefully the wind will not knock out my power. But speaking of a lot of, you know, hot wind. <laughs> the Dean of Disney, Segment. Mr. Mike Scopa. I'm going to go by the name Brainiac. <laughs> you do Superman uh, trivia? Yes. <clears throat> Brainiac. Do we know the name of the city that he shrunk? Anyways. Oh, look at that. He's got a Superman. Candor. Candor. That's correct. Yeah, I know. You were trying, trying to test me on Superman trivia. Doing well so far, Chris. I was answering well, your questions before you even asked I know. Me. You, you said, do you know? What? And Jimmy Olsen. He's a Jimmy Olsen. <laughs> Come on, I got to know my comic book stuff. Right. What do you does, like pina coladas? What does white kryptonite do? Uh, Get some high? Uh-huh. I don't know. I, I don't know all the different... Oh, I will talk about that later. Anyways. All right, so... Um, so we're going to go over some news up front, I guess. Uh, the first being... Uh, well... Universal dropped their mask mandate, and I guess Disney finally followed as of our recording today. Is that true? That is correct. I believe uh, as of February 17th, guests are no longer required to wear masks. To wear masks. Vaccinated guests. Vaccinated guests. So a lot of system, folks. Um, however, um, they are still required to wear masks inside buses inside monorails, inside skyways, and any enclosed transportation vehicle. That, but not enclosed attractions. Unenclosed attractions, because those- So why bother? Those, yeah, I mean, those are vehicles that are, you know, open, open-ended. I think this is a, it's a federal kind of law, so Mickey has no the transportation power. part of it. Okay. Yeah. So, uh, but That's I'm hearing that I'm hearing that there's still some uh, smart people who are still wearing masks. I believe mm-hmm. that the cast members now who perform, uh, the performers uh, now are given the option to perform without masks. I don't even know if they were performing. I don't know where that is, but uh, I'm sure there's going to be a lot of slow transitioning over the next couple of months we'll see how this goes we'll see what happens if transmissions go up and then we'll see if they have to revert back i think we won't have a new variant yeah Mm -hmm. it's just weird you know i keep saying with disney right that so you're on the honor system you you can't you know if you're vaccinated you can go without a mask but like the honor system was also 
don't take flash photography during the ride. And then there's always somebody who takes a picture. You say, keep your hands right in, the inside the boat. <laughs> yeah. Keep your hands inside the boat on, on Small World. And there's always somebody who's dragging their hand through the water or on, you know, Splash Mountain. So there's sometimes it's, they're a little, they have a lot more faith in people than I do. Um, I feel like in the summer, there was just like a black cloud following us everywhere and it just wasn't as enjoyable to me mm. and uh we ended up leaving early because there was just a sense of like this is irresponsible to be here but i'm wondering now like we get a little bit of a redo and um you know even since you went in december it's you know three months later i'm really curious about what the I'm very prepared to sit by a pool for the entire time and, and read a book that would make me very happy and and would be great. But I would love to sort of feel a little bit of a sense of normalcy. But why would you go to and, Disney World if you're going to sit by a pool? Why wouldn't you go some go somewhere cheaper? Just I like the I like the resorts. I think that's one great thing for me that came out of the summer experience is I got to really appreciate the resorts versus um, you know get out of bed and out the door at 7.30 and then come back at, at 10.30. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, I'm telling you, I'm all about like Bay Lake Tower now. It, I just, it was just awesome to be even close to the Magic Kingdom. I'm all about old Key West. Um, so hmm. I, I think it's it's been a good thing for me and I'm completely okay about doing that. But there is a part of me that's like, I, I just want a little bit of that old experience back if I can feel safe about it. You know, what's interesting about this, Chris, I mean, it's still, it's only, you know, day one or whatever, but I'm hearing that uh, majority of the cast members are still continuing to wear masks, mm -hmm. uh, which is, which is interesting when they're on stage, they're wearing, they're still wearing masks. And I'm not sure if I would feel real comfortable, you know, elbow to elbow with, um, with uh, people outside. If we're watching a parade, if you're watching uh, uh, performance on let's say the castle forecourt or whatever or if you're actually watching fireworks i'm not sure if i feel that comfortable it's really interesting because this mask policy change is coming right around the time when we're going to see the return of parades so that's mm. i wonder if it's coincidence or not i'm actually not nervous about me and i'll, I'll tell you why uh, one of my best friends, uh, former dean and a biologist, was just traveling in Spain, and she and her husband got COVID. Um, hmm. And they wouldn't have known it unless they had to take the test to go back to the U.S. They ended up staying in the hotel for a week. But she she was really telling me she was telling me how really grateful she was to be vaccinated, and how she feels like it was a game changer in terms of her experience. So I'm personally more worried about other people getting it. I, I'm not actually worried for myself, but I will wear a mask to protect other people. So, yeah, I, I think that was, know, I, I can that's only make our, my own choices. We can only yeah. make our own choices. Yeah. I mean, that's, I mean, I did feel like that. I think that was the one thing about going in January for the races is I felt safe for myself. Like I felt like even if I got it, it wouldn't have really hit me hard. I'm boosted and you know, the whole family's boosted. Um, you know, it's funny. I was more concerned for the p other people around me than for me, and they didn't seem to care. So it's sort of like, you know, who are we doing it for then? But, um, yeah, it's, it's interesting to think, you know, it's also hard because you get so used to this process of having to wear masks and, 
it's hard to break it. Like it was even hard for me to kind of go back out to a restaurant. And, you know, so going to the, going to Disney was a little bit of a jump for me. And so, but I felt better. I, I, I think it was okay. So I, I don't think I have anything to worry about, but. Yeah. It's like we're in the habit of being stressed out or like having angst about it. I know we went to a yeah. restaurant two weeks ago where the servers got to choose whether or not they had a mask and ours didn't. And I, I thought if I had to do this again, I'd ask for somebody with a mask, but I don't know, like at what point are you being too cautious? So I just, uh, even just a little window into the way that it used to be will make me happy. So, well, uh, to experience that, Michael, again, you're going to actually have to pay a little bit more money. I hear. Yes. Uh, you know, historically, if I recall correctly, back in the 80s and 90s when I really started going crazy with Disney, I started studying a lot of the things they did. And one of the things I remember is that during the spring, they would raise one group of prices. And during the fall, they would raise another group of prices. And if I recall correctly, the spring increase was usually for the uh, Magic Your Way passes for the multi-day passes. And it usually happened right around March or April. Uh, getting ready for spring break and the April school vacation where they raised the prices, they could increase revenue. It seemed kind of early this year, uh, but they did it. Um, looking at it, Chris, it looks like, it, I mean, it, you know, it, it always strikes a nerve when they, when they raise prices. Um, the price, the prices raised were raised about four to five, maybe a little bit more than 5%. So and I don't know how that compares with other years, but um, it's just, uh, you know, another, it's just another thing to consider when you are putting together a vacation uh, that, okay, now it's going to cost me and my family this much more. And because of that, because of that, I'm trying to do a transition here, Chris, mm -hmm. because of that, you need to figure out ways to creative ways of, of not financing your vacation, but making your dollar stretch and making the most out of your time and your money because the two coincide. Yeah. Every hour that you're in the park is an hour that you want to get the most out of your ticket. So having said that, I think that uh, you and I earlier today, we talked about what might be a worthwhile discussion on the show tonight regarding Ticket prices, length of stay, and Genie Plus. Yeah, you know, it's, uh, I don't know, Michelle, I don't know what you're thinking, but I felt like this was like such poor timing to choose to raise ticket prices now, right, right when everybody's complaining about prices at Disney and all the extra costs and all the things that they're losing. And it's like, well, okay, you're, you're not yeah. getting your bus, you're not getting, you know, your. But at least in Massachusetts and New Hampshire, we're coming up on Massachusetts Vacation Week. In New Hampshire vacation week, so which is next week, which is next week, yeah. So, interesting, yeah, yeah. So, I think it's strategically for Disney's good point, point of view, well, yeah. This is when they're doing it, yeah. But, well, what's interesting, so the, the question came up earlier today is I have a friend who's actually down there right now, and she didn't know any like, again, one of those she's a Disney fan, but she was not so well versed in, and I don't even think I'm well versed in the Genie Plus and Lightning Lane system, I still get confused by i think it's like so much work just like i, I get stressed out thinking about having to figure the system out um that we didn't even use it when we were down there but uh for her 
I kind of I gave her the she you know downloaded she had the app and I sent her some videos on how to use it and she sent me a note today and was like I love Genie Plus this is a game changer this is everything because and this is where the the, the story comes in is when she goes she only goes for a couple of days um, she always goes at least one day and gets a VIP tour guide. And goes through and gets on every ride wherever she wants to go. Whatever ride she wants to go to in all four parks, she goes and does that in one big felt swoop in one day. And the last few days that she's there, she picks out the rides that she really likes and she wants to go back to. Um, for her, this is a joy because she gets to just pick out and pay um, that money to get onto those attractions she wants to get on, but then doesn't have to worry about lines. So for her, luckily enough, um, she's single. She has no kids. She has money. So she can afford to do this. So I was thinking with you, Mike, is that maybe this is the answer about Disney trips. It's changing. Like, instead of going for 10 days, I might just go for four days, employ the the, the Genie Plus system of Lightning Lane, save a lot of money. Because think about just Michelle should do the math while we're talking is how much would you save on six days in a hotel? Uh Food, food, transportation, um, tchotchkes you want to buy, all that kind of stuff. So for people like us, is it are we now transitioning to a shorter vacation time? I I think that's a possibility. There are all there are different kinds of profiles for guests who go to uh, a Disney resort or a Walt Disney World vacation. And I think that depending upon who you are, if you're a frequent guest, if you go once in a blue moon if you have never gone i think i think you need to figure out what works out best for you and thinking about what what you had talked to me about earlier today chris i decided to that what i would do is i would put together some kind of a scenario that we could talk about and so i remember i i know a lot of becky's agents at mouse fan travel and uh, mei travel and mouse fan travel and i remember talking with a lot of them and many of them have said that their clients, most of the time, when they are booking a trip, it's between four and seven days. That seems to be the minimum. Minimum is four, and usually most of the time it's seven. So using those two numbers, I try to figure out what kind of savings or what kind of numbers would be interesting to look at to compare and talk about what you just said. So this is what I did. Taking the brand new prices, the brand new ticket prices, I took a uh, profile of a family of four. You had two adults. You've got one teenager and one child. And I figured out what a four-day park hopper uh, ticket price would be and a seven-day park hopper ticket price would be. And I also figured that they would be staying I, I, you know, it's hard to figure out who would, you know, what, where you would stay, but I'm assuming that a moderate would be a good um, resort level to, to check out. And this is what I came up with. So for a four day trip, that family of four with the current ticket prices, a four day park hopper pass, a total of $2,447 for four days. Okay. So 24, 40, 47. 
for seven days, it goes to, up to twenty-seven sixty-four. So about three hundred dollars. Staying at a moderate resort, and I used Port Orleans French Quarter. I always think of that as being the medium, moderate. A four-day stay. This I, this is just amazing. A four-day stay, and I did this for uh, September. Because the third week in September, I figured would be a low day. I didn't want to go crazy. At first, I did it for the third week in April, and it was just crazy. So in September, probably around for four days, $3,200 at a moderate for four days. For five days, it goes up to $5,000. So wow. taking the tickets and taking and, – and now, the, the, the thing is that um, – I'm not using Genie Plus yet at all. I'm not applying Genie Plus. So here's the difference between the two, the you two said days. Five, four days and five days? Four okay. days and seven days. I'm oh, sorry. seven days. Okay. Okay. So seven days, it's four days. I'm sorry. Four days, it's around, let me see if I get this right. It's about $5,700 okay. for four days. At a okay. moderate. At a moderate for, with the taxes. With the t- with the tickets for the um, for seven days, it's a little bit more. It's it's more like um, close to uh, seven thousand, or wow. maybe a little bit more than seven thousand. So you're talking about a two thousand dollar swing there mm-hmm. uh, to add three more days. I'm not counting the food, right? Okay, so you get the extra days in the hotel. You get the extra days for the tickets. You get the extra food. And I guess if you're renting a car, that's another couple of days renting the car. So that's a lot of money. That three more days can cost you a lot of money. And, but if you go back to the four day and you add Genie Plus to, or Genie to your tickets, you're adding $240 to your overall ticket price because it's four people for four days. So that's sixty dollars a day times four is two forty. So you're adding two hundred and forty dollars. However, you're also, like you had mentioned earlier, you're adding convenience. You I'd be you now can squeeze seven days into four. Yeah. So in effect, Genie Plus could actually save you money. Right. Yeah. If you were trying to cram every attraction in, that's why I was even saying you'd go. I would go do four days. And then take the rest of my trip somewhere quieter, like like you guys would go to the other like the Disney resorts somewhere. You're there, talking the, Michelle, yeah, you're talking what Michelle would want to do too. Yeah, I mean, well, just because it. Well, so I'll give you. So we, um, my wife, we have our annual passes, and like I said, we were thinking of letting them lapse, but she wants to get the most out of them right now. Um, we're already deciding that we're probably going to be going back in January for the next big Disney race. So we're like, oh, should we re-up? But uh, she said, hey, maybe we should take, like, we're going through some rentals in the house. And she's like, when it's over, it'd be nice to just go and get away for a few days. And she was looking for, like, a long weekend in May. Um, now, we always stay at the Yacht Club because it's just that, you know, when we go on vacation, we want to go where we like to go. And, yes, it's a little bit more expensive. Um, it's always been a little bit more expensive. I mean, I you know, but this one blew me away. She told me that for uh we were going to go for four days it was over nine hundred dollars a night for 
Uh, and those were the only rooms available at the, at the, at the what hotel. What was this again? May? May. Mm-hmm. So we were like, well, I guess we're not doing that. And so it's already now, you know, it's getting to the point where it's like, you know, there's a point where you draw a line for everything, right? I mean, can I afford it? Yes. But do I really want to spend $900 a night for four days? I don't know. It just seems it's ex- excessive when I could just go four days to a beach somewhere and for, you know, $150 a night. Um, but like you were saying about you go and you get the Genie Plus and you, you know, or Lightning Lane and you go through and see what you want to see and you're out. But, you know, so either way, you're going to be spending more money on these trips. So what would you do, Michelle? Would you I mean, you guys are planning for a long trip. So but you're also staying off property and you kind of move around a bit. And... Well, I I think um, I think it's fun to move to different resorts. I understand your comfort zone. I'm not judging or anything, mm-hmm. but um, there are some that I I would never stay at. Um, and there's some that, um, you know, I, on each end of the spectrum, but I think. I'm always about throwing money at the problem <laughs> right? because I feel like I, and I, I know you and you and your wife feel the same way. I work so hard. Um, I just want to relax. I just want the time that I want to have. So that's why I'm actually not, I have no problem personally spending money on genie plus or, or even spending money on the hotel that I want to stay at. Um, you know, I'll, I'll take on extra work. I'm lucky enough that I can do that. I, I just, but I think we're, you know, on this podcast, what I like to speak to is the people who can't do that, can't make the choices that we can make. And that makes me really sad because um, when my kids were young and we didn't have Disney Vacation Club, we could still cobble together the money to, to take the trip that we need to take. And right now, I think it's for most people that I know in my life who ha- have modest means, it's impossible. And that makes me sad. But, yeah. you know, I know it's still business, you know, I understand. Um, but even for those of us who have the money, it's it's still not the same experience. So I don't know. I know what to say. Yeah. You kept saying you want to go back and have that normalcy. I don't even know if we're yeah. going to go back to the normalcy yeah. that we used to have. Yeah. I mean, um, I don't have normalcy in my job or even yeah. you know, my experience at my physical therapist. Nothing's normal anymore. But even anything mm-hmm. at Disney isn't like it isn't the way it used to like January's trip. It was every attraction was a you know forty five to ninety minute wait mm-hmm. unless you got Genie Plus or Lightning Lane. Um, you know you couldn't just go and say I'm going to go on Pirates because there's a fifteen minute wait. There was nothing like that. So really, it's now become a choice of you do a long trip where you don't worry about getting on the attractions every single day, or cut it down to a really short trip get the extra stuff like do you, mike do you think dizzy is gonna is basically turning itself into a short-term destination you know i uh i i think about that a lot chris i think that what they're trying to do is they're trying to you know i'm, I'm gonna i'm gonna be nice i think that what they're trying to do is they're trying to figure out a way to make the walt disney world trip experience uh, as convenient as possible for those who go. Um, yes, it's it costs more, but now they are trying to do whatever they can, which they feel would make the 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 guests enjoy it more. And this is where Genie Plus comes in, lowering the capacity of the parks, which 
I think in 90 days it's going to go up to 100%. Um, I think that the, the Genie do we, Plus... Do we have any, sorry, do we have any sense of what it is now? What the percentage is? Well, they don't actually let you... Uh, I, I'm guessing it's around 70% now, 75%, just from hearing about the lines and everything. But I think, Chris, that um, they're trying to... Um, I, I think there are so many moving parts and there are so many customizations that can be put forth for a Disney vacation that I think what they're trying to do is they're trying to make their consumer more intelligent. They're trying to make them more informed to make better decisions. I think this discussion addresses that. If you are going for the very first time or if you don't get to go often and you're a young family and you only have so much disposable income, you need to use it wisely. And I think subliminally, they're saying, use your time and use your money wisely. So I think, yeah, they're trying to make more money. They're increasing their prices and it's it's more costly to, to go. But I think at the same time, they're saying, you know, think about when you want to go, how long you want to go, where you want to stay and how you want to spend your time. And you're going to become a better consumer. And I think maybe in the long run, that's what they want. Hmm. I don't know, Michelle. I'm thinking, <laughs> uh, I'm, I, I, well, no, I, I think... A lot of this is so confusing. I'm finding it confusing. I mean, I know you said just throw money at the problem, uh, you know, but like there's so many people who are going to go down there or planning a trip. I had another friend. She said she was planning a trip for September with her family and she was asking about all the changes. And she like was like, this is so much work. Like I got three kids. I don't have I, I, I don't have time to stare at my phone all day long planning where we're going next. I don't know, Michelle, do you think it's it's. Well, I think we talked about this before. It's a spontaneity. So after last week's podcast, I um, took it upon myself to watch a whole bunch of videos on YouTube because I, I was like, I have to roll up my sleeves and figure this out. And uh, I think I'm a pretty smart person and have some Disney experience. And I just thought, wow, this is really tricky. So maybe like I'm really excited to go in March because I love to solve problems and think about things. I'm excited to sort of not break the system, but sort of figure out what the heck's going on so I can describe it to other people. And I think the people who have done the videos have done a great job, but there's so many nuances of when you have to do different things that, you know, again, this is one of the things that breaks my heart. Um, Mike's daughter's family is thinking of going and she hasn't been for years and years and years. 20. Yeah. 20 years. And, and like, how to even coach her on how to do it. Uh, it's really hard. <laughs> so I don't know. I yeah. Don't know. I mean, you know, maybe, maybe it's just the new normal and in two years we'll be saying, Oh, why did we ever, worry about that it was just a change and we should embrace it maybe maybe that's the way it'll be i have a question for you too let me just throw this out there i'm not sure what the answer is to this <clears throat> but chris michelle do you think that the what we see in terms of uh average wait times and the length of the lines in the park do you think that the park reservation system has anything to do with impacting the queue lines I didn't see any, I didn't have any issues of getting into any of the parks when I was there. So I, I again, you, if you're talking about limiting the amount of capacity, is it affecting the lines? I mean, you would think it'd be the other way, right? If more people were there, the lines would be longer, but 
Um, right. We didn't have problems getting into any parks. In, in fact, it was there wasn't even a question about it. We didn't even think about it. We were in and out of parks like crazy. So that wasn't an issue. I, I, I just think it's this. I don't I don't I don't know ex- specifically what's causing every attraction to be 90 minutes. I mean, that that uh, Little Mermaid attraction was like 45 minutes to get on. It used to be a five minute wait. So I don't know. I don't know what's going on. Like I always think of this analogy. So say we have this funnel in the funnel, but the exit of the funnel is the entrance to Walt Disney world. And the funnel was closed for a year. Um, and then we have the water backing up, <laughs> backing up on the, the funnel and it's still backing up. And then we just open the, the spigot just a little tiny bit. And we let only like 30, 40, 50, 60, 75% of that water through. The, the pressure to, I mean, I just think of the admissions that way. Like even if half the people who had planned trips in two years decided to come back, we still have this gigantic need for, for um, attractions and space and things to do at Walt Disney World that hasn't been met. And I, I don't know how long it will take to even out because it was busy before, but now if you think of all all the people piling up behind to this this funnel that's not open all the way. Yeah, but the, there's a secondary funnel which is the park reservation system, and they're only allowing yeah. a certain amount. So yeah. why would the why would the lines be this long still? Because, uh, yeah, I don't know. I think it's they're they've still the capacity isn't 100. percent The I don't know. I don't. Know. Yeah, it's puzzling. Here here is my theory. Let me submit this and see how you guys feel about this. So. Prior to the parks reopening after the closure, we had full capacity, <clears throat> we had standby, we had free fast pass. Okay. But the fast pass system was limited. And you noticed how what they made, they actually limited the fast pass system because the fast pass lines were becoming pretty long. So they figured out a way to streamline it. Now we have reopening of Walt Disney World from last year. We have no free fast pass. We have paid fast pass with Genie Plus and Lightning Lanes. We have long standby lines, maybe because there are fewer people who are in the Lightning Lane lines, fast pass line, or whatever you want to call it, because people don't want to pay for it. Therefore, we have longer standby, we have longer queue lines, and think of it this way, we're supposedly not at full capacity. So, oh my God, what would happen if the parks went to, let's say they are at 70% capacity, what's going to happen if and when they go to 100% capacity? And my guess is that'll happen before July. Are we gonna see 90 minute waits? Are we going to see two hour lines more so than we see now? Because again, not many people are going to quote, throw money at the problem, Michelle. So, and Chris, so you think it's really going to get up to hundred percent capacity. I mean, don't they need more employees, more cast members? Oh, that's a good point. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, it, it's, it's definitely the, the staffing. I mean, it's, it's taken them a long time to open up the resorts. And supplies. Yeah. You know, there's probably oh. supply issues yeah, with getting, right. getting, everything I, that it takes to, to make the park to run the, the 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 problem with the resorts was that you know the housekeeping issue 
not enough housekeepers, not enough staff. They let people go. Now they have to bring people back. They have to hire people. They have to train them. The same thing with the restaurants, the same thing with the, um, with the entertainment and everything. They've had a really slow time, slow time ramping up. But at one point, they're going to feel that they're staffed up enough so that they can go 100%. Then I have no idea what to expect. But if I had to guess, the lines are going to be longer than what you saw, Chris, in January. Yeah. But it, you know what's funny? It's the, I'm used to long lines for certain attractions, right? Always the top tier ones. You're, you know you're going to go. If you're going to go to Splash Mountain, you know you're getting a line. The one that was throw, the things that were throwing me were the the attractions that never had a line. Like you you could you could always say, well, all right, we it's going to be an hour and a half wait to get onto Splash. Let's just go over to Pirates. It's a fifteen minute wait, and now it's not anymore. Now it's a you know a seventy minute wait, and I I can't figure it out. The other thing you know, when you're talking about like cast and then supply issues, you know what's reminding me of is when I went to Via Napoli. Everybody working there was obviously not from Italy. Number one, that was a thing. Then I started to, you know, I was thinking about the quality of it. And, you know, I love the the the, the stone baked pies and stuff like that. I noticed something that had changed and it's trivial and it's dumb, but it, it stands to present a, uh, another thing. Um, the pepperoni, I know, I'm, just follow me a little bit. They used to have the pepperoni that would, sorry, Michelle, that would kind of cup into a, a bowl like it had that special specialized pepperoni, the good stuff, smaller, it would, it would cup up and it would burn and crisp and it was great. This time around, I noticed when I ordered it, I got that standard, you know, hack pizzeria pepperoni that's just like that flat and lies flat on your on your pizza. And I was just like, even that little thing, right, where we're having supply chain problems, you're probably having, you know, cast member issues. Um, they weren't filling to capacity for the uh, for the restaurants. So I I don't know how soon they can get ramped up to get full capacity at this point. Well, the other thing, Chris, yeah, the other thing is that there's it's a balancing act because uh, Michelle mentioned earlier in the show how convenient it was that the ticket prices were raised just before the school vacation yeah. for the country and New England, Massachusetts, New Hampshire, whatever. But here's something else. Uh, I noticed today on, just bear with me, on the 18th, which is tomorrow. Technically Matt, today. Which is, yeah, which is, we're, po- we're posting on February 18th. It's just school vacation starts. Yeah. <laughs> Guess what? Magic Kingdom, Animal Kingdom, and Hollywood Studios. You can't go in tomorrow unless you already have a park reservation. On Saturday, Magic Kingdom, Animal Kingdom, and Epcot, they're closed. Unless you have a park reservation, in place, you're not going to go. Hmm. On Sunday and on Monday, all the parks are unavailable. Wow. They're already. And uh, on the 22nd, 23rd, and 24th, Magic Kingdom, Animal Kingdom, the studios, they're all booked. On the 25th, the Magic Kingdom is booked. So the Magic Kingdom, the whole the whole time, yeah. the whole week. Yeah. So, <laughs> wow. So... So think of it this way: is this is this a harbinger of things to, to come? Is this a sign that we're going to see the same thing the last two weeks in April? Uh, and if that's the case, are we going to see this quite a bit in July and in August? I think that this is a a flag. I think it's an alarm. I think that 
because of this is why I feel they're going to raise the capacity to full capacity, maybe before the April vacation weeks. Um, but again, with that comes, it's a double-edged sword because sure, we're going to be able to give access to the parks more so than we can now, but that also means that the lines are going to be bigger. Yeah. So it's a, it's a real problem and it's something that they somehow have created and they have to figure it out. Yeah. They're, they probably got like so many people trying to figure this thing out, but it's weird. They must be figuring it out in real time, trying to figure it out. Like, well, this didn't work out. How are we going to make it work? I, I, I think their biggest thing they're they're thinking like it people, you know, the great thing about Walt was that he thought about these parks as directed by people. I think the people today are thinking of it in terms of, you know, I always say like it's IT people, right? They always solve problems, but they forget that there's a people, a person element in there. There's like human beings and they never follow the best laid plans. And I think it's the same thing here. They thought, oh, everybody's going to want to just be able to plan their whole vacation out, pick out the attractions they're going to, picture out the parks, and they'll just, then it'll be relaxing because they've already picked everything out and they just barrel through the motions. Um, but people don't do that. Like Michelle said, we tend to want to go, oh, you know what I feel like going on? I want to go over to Space Mountain now instead. And you can't do that without totally messing up your your uh, attract, your uh, your Like day. you said, without having your phone in your hand, which yeah. is something I, I really don't want to do when I'm there. Yeah, yeah. I want to keep it in my backpack and true. just do my thing. Yeah. The other thing I was thinking about, too, is um, – like we said, a lot, so many people don't know the, the systems and what to do. Like new people going to Disney don't know all the rules. Like they don't know to book their their dining, right? How many times have you seen people walk up to a dining experience and say, you know, being told, sorry, we only go by reservations and they get mad and they walk away. People are going to start doing this with the actual parks. They're going to not realize that they have to get a reservation for a park and they start to go in. Like at two o'clock, is, is anybody going to be able to get into, you know, the magic kingdom at this point, you know, if you, if you laid plans out and you said, okay, I'm going to start in Epcot. We're at two o'clock. We're going to go over the magic kingdom and then we're going to have dinner at Tony's. Well, Oh no, that park is now closed and they get frustrated. And then it, then it becomes a th whole other thing, right? You have to talk to a cast member. You have to go to, you know, customer service or whatever it is, or it's going to be interesting to see the problems that arise as they go forward. Oh, you brought up something. I, I don't know if I know the answer to this, but if, a, if like you said, Michelle, the Magic Kingdom is booked, but it's only booked till two. They have to account for all the people who can come in after two. Yeah. What if the, what if the number? Are they just letting park hopper people come in after two yeah. or? What if, yeah. What if all the people who booked Let's say the Magic Kingdom for one of those dates. Let's see if I can get the date. And that's the, oh. that's the interesting. But yeah. So like Michelle said, the, all of the Magic Kingdom is, is completely booked for the next seven or eight days. But what if all those people who requested a park reservation for the Magic Kingdom on those days, what if they all decide to stay after 2 o'clock? Can someone who is in Epcot go into the magic kingdom that's not clear at all so we had we, these questions like, earlier like on theoretically you're supposed to right yeah you should be able to so does that mean that park capacity is 
lifted after two o'clock? Really? Well, you know? Yeah, this was the question we had early in this process was like, if I were to be in Epcot, I go all the way over to the Magic Kingdom and they say, sorry, you're at, we're at capacity. You can't get in. Like, you're like, well, now what do I do? I left my park. I got to go back there or go to a different park. Like, I just traveled an hour to get over here. Yeah. You know, I, it's, there's going to be interesting. I'm sure they've got people thinking about this stuff, but I don't know. It just seems like it's all a little bit unthought through. Is and the reason why? Since yeah, it's unthought through? I, I don't know. I mean, because let's think of, think of this an, another way. Let's say there were people who wanted to go to the Magic Kingdom on those days, but they're they're blacked out or they're they're they're, they're not able to get in. So they're all saying, "We're going to go at two o'clock." So let's say the capacity for the Magic Kingdom is let's say right now is fifty thousand or forty thousand. And let's say of the 50,000, 35 are still there after two o'clock, but you got another 25,000 from Animal Kingdom, the studios, Epcot, who are deciding they're going to go to the Magic Kingdom after two o'clock. Are they going to be denied access? I don't know what the answer is. Yeah, I don't think anybody knows. And that's, I think, part of the, the whole problem um, in general is like nobody's really sure what the rules are, what the, the system is, new people seasoned vets were all a little confused by the process so maybe we should retable this for now and come back to it after some thoughts and uh talk about it next week and sort of see if we have ideas or maybe we can figure out some info on the way or maybe people will tell us they know the answers maybe there's people yeah. who've been down there if i um, can reach out to someone within in disney and see if i can find out if there's an answer for that yeah that'd be cool so so I think maybe we should just leave it there and wrap it up uh, for this episode. Uh, Mickey Miles and more. If you want to reach out to us, send us a message on Twitter at Mickey Miles Pod for Dr. Michelle Scribner McLean, Mike Scopa. Oh, Mike. Yes. White, white kryptonite kills all plant life. I'm Chris Eliopoulos. We'll see you on the road and in the parks. We hope you enjoyed listening to today's episode of the Mickey Miles and more podcast. For all of us here at the Mickey Miles and More podcast, this is Rick Gray saying thanks for listening and all your support. And until next time, we'll see you on the road.